Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about yellow roses, baby dragons, and the most terrifying thing the author has written to date, his live journal. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Well, Beth, as you can tell by my very sexy, gravelly voice, I'm doing amazing. I spent the weekend leading up to my first semester or my next semester of college in Vegas, like a good college student does, and lost my voice in the process during a very rambunctious karaoke session. No regrets. No. Why would you regret? All of that sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, so you were you were at uh, DEF CON yes. 2022. Uh, I, I hope you didn't bring back any uh, computer viruses or... No. Uh, or anything like that uh, back to the podcast. All of my all of my devices were very safe. Uh, reminder, if you are listening to this episode and you haven't done this already, stop the episode and do it. Update your Apple devices. <laughs> that they push an update literally today that we're recording this Beth. You need to push it now. It's a very big safety concern. <laughs> Okay, so, thank just you for F- letting me know. Just FYI, it, uh, it but will other, be done by the yeah. time this air, by the time this releases. <laughs> I've got to turn off the podcast. We had to update the podcast. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing good. I have my tea. I'll try not to squeak too much for you. All right, everyone. We are talking about season four, episode twenty-one, Mother, uh, which was the follow-up to Lily. It's wrapping up a lot of storylines, and it is essentially the penultimate episode of the season because yes, we have two more episodes, but. This, uh, the season finale two-parter aired in one night and it was designed to be basically a two-hour long epic movie. Uh, think of uh, Stranger Things before Stranger Things decided it was going to have its season finale be two and a half hours for some inexplicable reason. Uh, as a result, uh, we will actually be uh, recording the season finale as one episode. It's going to be super long probably, so buckle up for that. But uh, I just had a feeling, Abby, if we talked about the season finale in two parts, the first half would just be like, well, here's the setup. What happens next? And then that's the whole thing. And yeah, and I agree. And plus, towards the end of it, we're just going to be both you and I are just going to be podcasters go brr because we're like, well, Dark Swan is happening because uh, we're we're like, what, two hours away from from lapping ourselves. We are, and that's that's terrifying excited. and exciting and weird and surreal and, oh, I mean, I'm just going to have so many feelings on that season five premiere, oh, once it launches, just be like, 
what is happening? What am I like? What is my perspective now versus what it was back then? Oh, oh. too much. Just oh. too much. Oh, and yes. And you're going to get a much more uh, confident and sure of herself podcaster, Abby, who is not like <laughs> afraid her voice will carry too far into the next room. And now she's just screaming at the top of her lungs. <laughs> Well, not this week because you can't physically can't. I, if I'm screaming, you can't tell. It's all the same sound. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, we're going to go ahead and start in the past um, where we get a visit from a mother. Uh, the return of Regina's mother. Dun, dun, dun. But first, we need to have a little bit of a queen of mean <laughs> moment uh, where Regina reminds us that she murders villages. I... I like, but yeah, she also doesn't just murder like a village. She decides to just, it's a lot of work to murder an entire village. So if we just like murder one guy, like that's much more traumatizing. So she's like, I'm going to assume she was on her way to Daniel's grave in this, but like, I don't know why she had her dad with her before this. doesn't matter. She's just kind of hopping down the road and she looks out her very tiny window. I love her little window. And she sees to her horror, a wedding. (gasps) gasp grab your pearls and she gets out now this is why i think she wasn't headed to daniel's grave in the first place because she was wearing blue i think if she were headed to daniel's grave she would have been like full morning attire like a veil i mean but blue is an excellent color on her maybe she wanted to show up to daniel's grave looking her absolute best you know what that is fair because what if he's like looking down or up from Hades. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> oh God! No, because Hades is down. Like, is there? Was there canonically like? Well, we a don't heaven? know that yet. Okay, okay. So <laughs> no, Daniel's going straight to hell. Uh, so she gets out and she's like, "Hi, you didn't book the land. This is private property." And she like murders the groom. Am I supposed to assume this was the groom? Yes. Okay, so this yeah, is the, the groom. Uh, the 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 soon to be wife doing nothing she just stands there looking frankly pretty she's very gorgeous like she's just standing there with big eyes looking shocked so she crushes the heart of a uh, the guy because her dad's there and they're having like the world's worst private conversation uh your 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 highness your regina-ness uh maybe perhaps you're being a little bit dramatic because of what day it is i do like that it's probably marked on her calendar with like a sad face uh, and she's like, Daddy, I'm no, I'm strong. I'm so strong. Look how strong I am. I can crush a grown man's heart in my hand. And so she does <laughs> killing him. And she's like, anyway, next time birth, book the church and gets back in her carriage and makes her dad walk. And then goes to visit Daniel's strange grave. This is a strange oh, yeah. headstone. I don't understand it. It was it was also in the episode where and they showed this in the previously on where Snow and, uh, takes the eats the apple and goes into her sleep. Um, it looks it looks so cheap and so fake. It looks, it looks so fake. So it looks fake. like from like an elementary school play where they use the foam and they put a little spray paint on it. With yeah, because they like have his name on there as Daniel, but then they like cover it with red to make sure that it stands out so you see. As if you're not going to see it. I don't know. And there's a yellow rose on top. (gasps) Who could it be? It's Cora. Cora's here. I like Cora. I I love her. I I feel like this was just unnecessary. Like, I understand conceptually why they brought her back, but it seemed weak. Yeah, it... 
it felt yeah i didn't it wasn't welcome it wasn't needed i mean i'll i'll take any excuse to have this actress come back because she's just so good but the thing i kind of want to talk about it is with your opinion on how her return is framed uh so this episode was written by jane espenson and um you know she has a lot of experience of buffy and buffy has done a lot with motherhood and family and and like pregnancy and all this stuff and i can't honestly tell if the writers if if it's framed as if cora was being sincere because in my mind she's not because she never is but then the way that it ends makes it feel like oh, maybe in her own twisted way, she was trying to do a good thing. And then I hate it. Yeah, I. so I couldn't I couldn't land on where they were on this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're supposed to believe the second part. I think we're supposed to be that she wasn't sincere. She was just, I'm, I'm in Regina's camp here that Cora was just trying to get Regina to start a little empire and then like get rid of Regina. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just think that that, like, Regina read the entire situation correctly. I think she knew what was happening. And I do believe that that's probably what actually was happening, whether Corin actually knew that or not, or if she thought that she was in her own narcissistic way showing motherhood. See, and that's the weird thing for me, because, I mean, what happens is Cora says, oh, I just want you to be happy. I heard from Tinkerbell, you have a soulmate out there. I'm going to go find him. Tell me how to, you know, tell me how to find him. I'm going to get him for you. And and then she she does some other stuff that, that I will I will let you embellish on. And. But the ending moral that she gives is like, I just wanted you to be happy. And this is the way I thought you could be the best happy. And I honestly like, I think you're right. I think Regina is totally in the right here. I don't think the writer, I don't think the writing and the direction agrees with that. No. I think it's supposed to leave us with the impression that Regina, that it's a twist. Oh, you thought that was the case. And now Regina has to live with this grave mistake as we're framing it for some goddamn reason. It's, I, I think, and we'll talk about it. I think her choice was rash, but it's fine. It's like, I, Cora's whole goal here. So she, I'm, I'm getting out of myself. Cora's like, I'm here to help you. I know that you talked to Tinkerbell for some reason. And so I'm going to go help you find this man. I like Cora um, just uh, trolling around a bar, catting around. She's like, Saying she's looking for a man. I'm looking for a man. No, no, no. Not like that. I need like a young, hot, strapping man for my daughter. It'll be fine. And so she's talking to Sheriff of Nottingham. And it's revealed that Cora knows that it was supposed to be Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And Nottingham makes some comment about Marion being sickly and that they're just a bunch of do-gooders who suck and he talks too much. And Cora's just like, oh, wait, you're saying a bunch of really shitty things. You sound like just the kind of man I want to be. The- you're the first person I met. So one of my problems with introducing Cora like this is that she didn't already have this person picked out. Mm. Because if she came to do this and her old, and she ended up doing what she did, she should have showed up and been like, oh, look who I found. But she like brought him from Wonderland with her. Or I don't know. Like, it just seems strange to me. It also seems strange that she didn't shop around a little bit 
seems also a little rash of Cora to just be like, well, you're attractive and you don't have any tattoos on your forearms already. So, yeah. Also, I feel like she would rip out his heart and speak for him. Oh, it's like it's also true. You know, regardless of what the the writing and direction wants us to believe it or Cora's intentions, which I think is is badly badly represented, no matter what it is, she would want to control every facet of the situation, regardless of what her her end goal is. Yeah, she wouldn't just send a guy in there with a fake tattoo with very little understanding and expect everything to work out immediately. Regina's not stupid and Cora knows this. Yeah. And I also just think that like, first of all, you could set this up. We didn't need, I think that there's a way they could have done this in a single episode is that Cora does kind of have a point. Like what's Regina going to do once she goes? Like you need to have a plan in action to hold a kingdom and if you want to hold a kingdom, you should also be interested in making sure that that kingdom survives past you. And I get it, like, from a regal or from a royalty standpoint, like, because that's what it is. just like you have to produce an heir. Like, that could have been the conversation. It it could have been that at the top. And then it's, a, oh, I've tricked you into thinking that this was your true love to kind of quicken this story along. Because you need an heir, no, seriously, right now. Because I would have been ready for Regina to have her, bit, you know, modern woman conversation of, I'm not having a kid as young as you did. I want to I want to live my life a little bit before I decide to, to do that and to make some choices. Because we never hear about what Regina wants child-wise, which is why the thing she has later doesn't make a lot of sense because I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if she's ruined her own plans out of spite or if she was always going to do this. I just, I don't know where Regina stood on it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's its own yeah. bag of moldy maggot worms that's just gross and unpleasant. I I feel like Regina wouldn't feel the need for an heir. I really don't think that that would, that would be the case at all. I think she would burn the kingdom to the ground before Snow got her hands on it, and I think that was her, her plan. Yeah. Like, her plan was, her plan was me preservation she didn't really want to be queen this wasn't something she ever wanted it was kind of pushed on her by cora yeah so i think her ultimate revenge wouldn't be continuing the line her ultimate revenge would be burning the shit down well and so like i agree with that i'm just saying that like i never we never figured out if if regina in her state we know later she does because obviously she decides she wants to adopt henry and does all that stuff but like at that moment what did she think the future looked like for her family wise because yeah. i mean and i mean you know this you remember being like 20 being like oh i'll have a baby maybe like when i'm older like 25 <laughs> just looking back <laughs> being like oh you dumb idiot <laughs> but like i also think that regina was so immature at that moment that until cora brought it up i don't think regina ever realized that if she had a child it would be the heir to the everything she never yeah. she wouldn't be having a little prince or a little princess she was just like in her head, she still had young imaginations of love that weren't connected to royalty, of being like, if I have a child, it will be a love child, a love child. It will be a, like a, a child from love, and it will be just my, it will be my kid, and I'll just be the queen forever and never die. Well, I think we have to think about where this happens in the timeline. This is when, this is when she's a widow. She's in her, at least in her mid-30s. 
because she's already been married. Snow's grown up at least like five to ten years as a young woman and is already out of the kingdom and and on the run. So like Regina's not the young ingenue with a freshly dead husband. She is she's like, you know, and, and, and plus Snow was a teenager when her father died. So Regina is advanced she's in her mid-30s at the very least I, at this point i'm sorry framing it like that makes me makes me so happy because it's such a great a young ingenue with a freshly dead husband this <laughs> this week I on mean, true life it's, that's an if amazing you're, if you're a royal way. like isn't that the dream that's amazing it, it just that's a great so what cora does and i'll just save us from all the how the discoveries are going it's just like i'm gonna put a fake tattoo on you because Regina will never figure that out. And you're going to pretend to be her true love and knock her up. Like, she tells this man all of her plans. You get to be king. You just have to make sure she has a whole litter of kittens. And just secure the throne. And you can be king. I... And when she brings him, she's just like... She she dresses Regina up to look just like young Cora, which was which is a an intentional choice on the part of the show. Yeah. I saw it in the behind the scenes. And I thought that was a smart choice because Cora, of course, is just wants her daughter to be her, live vicariously through her. And and she's just like, I'll leave you two alone tonight. She's like, Are you are you saying they're gonna like friggity frick right now? Apparently. Like she's just like she's 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 setting her daughter up for bone town. I I did always like I'm wondering if she put like a spell on him to be like hyper fertile <laughs> just like you <laughs> you were just like the most just oh no what was that oh, there was like an early summer like Gen Z thing what was it this is like oh looking very breedable you're looking very very hot and breedable uh I just for him specifically uh one of Cora's lines in this episode that made me laugh the most was, I always thought that you were just like me, but you're not. You feel things so much deeper than I do. Like, a lot. Like, she's just like, you're so dramatic. Like, (laughs) way dramatic. And it's like, first of all, Cora, is that maybe because your heart is in a box somewhere? Or also, is it maybe because of literally everything you've ever done to her? Like, like, I, the consequences of our own actions, Cora. Let's, let's look in the old mirror here. Uh, and so Regina finds this out. I do like the magic of making the lion real and tormenting him because like, he's like, oh, this is terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And so she, Cora comes back and I'm surprised she didn't just like burst in the door and be like, hey, honey, how's it going? (laughs) How was it? Did you have, did you have a smoke after? Like, she's just like, how'd it go? Oh, it's fine. I sent him away. Shows him in the dungeon dangling over fire it's just like he wouldn't and see the screaming dungeon. oh and, and then and then cora frees him she's like oh i gotta send him home oh He's she's fine. such a just, uh, ugh, ugh. and she's like no i refuse to be a baby factory for you i will not churn out a bunch of children to secure the kingdom that you have no claim for like, I don't know what your plan is, but I, like, when your plan is to send in some strapping guy who's, like, whose first thing is not, I want to be king, it's she sent me here to have kids with you. Like, that's one hell of a bar conversation, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she, she declares she's not going to do that. She has a cup of juice 
And she's like, if I drink this, I will never be able to produce children. And I'm going to drink it. And then Cora taunts her and says, you don't have the guts. And like calling Marty McFly a chicken, this just sets Regina off. She drinks it. And <laughs> this is why I know that Cora was acting in bad faith uh, is because of the way she reacts to what Regina does. Mm-hmm. Because Cora makes this whole thing seem like she's like, because you hurt yourself, you've hurt yourself to hurt me. So like, you, did she like, did like, you don't act like having kids is some sort of magical thing that has changed your life. It seems more like a burden. And as Zelina later points out, she literally shipped the other one off in a cyclone. So it's not like she was like, I just wanted you to experience the love of... No, she just wanted heirs. She was thinking for Regina, royally about Regina and showing up to make decisions for her. So Regina took control of the situation. Whether she was sure of that in that moment, as she as as one should be in that situation, is who to say. But I don't like how they framed her choice here at yeah. all. Um, I have two brief things I want to say on it. And I don't want to linger because I fine. think this whole thing Worries. is very unpleasant. The first is, you know, some women do choose not to have children. Yeah. And it's a conversation that's especially happening right now with all the really restrictive anti-abortion laws that are being passed. Women are wanting hysterectomies. They're wanting procedures that will, you know, prevent them from getting pregnant because they don't want to get pregnant or have children, which is their choice. And oftentimes when a woman goes in to get one of these procedures, she's asked like, Oh, are you sure you might, you know, you might meet a man and you'll, you might regret it later. And, and there's this very regressive attitude toward women who want to make this decision for themselves. And storylines like this don't help because no. it's it's because and the second point I want to make and it leans into it is Cora gets the last word here. And that's the problem that I have because Regina is making a choice for her body. But Cora gets the last word, which makes it seem like Regina made the wrong choice. Oh, yeah. And. It's reiterated in the bar scene that we're going to talk about in a second with Regina and Robin, where she's just like, Zelina can give you something I can't. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you're, this is a very serious thing that Regina did for herself and for her own body. And it's framed in a very regressive way that just, to me, shows a lack of empathy and understanding, one, for women who actually can't get pregnant for multiple reasons and women who choose not to. It's it's a bad approach to in what could have been a very good storyline if it had been handled in almost any other way. Yeah, and, and I agree with both your points. And like you said, you didn't want to linger. I will say there is a third option of the women who just simply can't but wish they could. exactly. And yes. so like this whole thing could have been cleared up because obviously I won't say that women who make these decisions don't ever feel like they ever feel a, like regret or moments of regret. Like that's a natural part of any decision you ever make. And that's fine. I just think that there should have been like a conversation that happens of being like, I'm, you know, she can give you something I can't, which by the way, all of the framing of Zelina's pregnancy as to what it does to them as a couple is so stupid. It's like they've never met people before. I don't know. I hate it so much. I don't know. But I just wish that someone else, like you can have that doubt. I'm fine with her like expressing that doubt is that is a real feeling that I think some women may have. I mean, 
I'm not going to tell this story. Um, and so I, just literally anyone else. It didn't have to be Robin because God knows we don't need a man telling her that. We would need like another woman just be like, hey, it's not about that. Like that's not the only thing that you offer as a person. You are not a, a walking around uterus. Like that's – you have so much to offer. That one thing is should never be a make or break for anybody. So like it, as you said, could have been handled in a thousand different ways so much better and it wasn't. And it reads so poorly in 2022 with everything that's happening right now. This yeah. this storyline aged like old milk in the back of your car that you forgot about in August. The one caveat I will give it is the way it ends was 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 decent. When we have that final scene with Zelina and Regina and Zelina throws in, you know, oh, I, I'm giving him something you can't a child, which fuck you, Zelina. Uh, Regina just immediately without a thought goes, I have a son, Henry, like without without even a second thought. Yeah. Like she's like, I have a child and not in a way where she's defending herself. She's just like, fuck you, Zelina. Yes, I have a kid. Yeah. I am a mother. What the hell are you talking about? Shut up. You're, you're garbage. I'm going to write you out of existence. Oh, wait, never mind. Also, yeah, I've been a mother for like way longer than you have. You suck. Uh, and then so, yeah, that's like the end. Like that's the past. The past is Cora shows up to egg Regina into making a, a decision about her body. The end. And then and then Cora just f's off somewhere else question mark yeah i guess well yeah regina's like go back to wonderland and then i presume she just does yeah this sounds like something cora would do i got temporary leave from the rabbit okay i'm gonna go back now i got the rabbit i'm only i'm only it's like shore leave she's only there for 24 hours (laughs) she's like i gotta go back yeah i gotta go get my i gotta i gotta like stud out my daughter not that's not the studying out is for like men. I gotta get her. A, I gotta get her like a stallion, and it's gonna be great. It's like what is happening? So that's the <laughs> past. It's, yes, it's Great. it is what it is. Well, before we return to Storybrooke, we have a moment uh, in New York. Uh, Regina and Robin are drinking whiskey at a bar. I'm I'm drinking my own bourbon in celebration. I'm actually drinking it unlike them because I was clocking it in the entire scene. Regina takes one tiny sip and Robin doesn't touch his at all. He just has his hands around it. I'm obsessed with watching like, actors. With his fingers. Obsessed with watching actors eat and drink. Like, I get it. Like, you don't mm-hmm. want to do 37 takes of you eating a sandwich. But, like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. I love the empty coffee cups. They're just delicious. Gilmore Girls was so just like, here's your full copy. Clink. It's like, everyone can hear that. You couldn't have ADR'd a full cup. It's all you had to do. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, now they're wildly gesticulating with a full cup of coffee. I can barely walk out the door with a full Starbucks cup. (laughs) It's hot. I'm going to spill it. (laughs) Well, Regina and Robin talk about um, their the whole complicated situation that they find themselves in. Regina laments that he's seeming he's moved on with Marion turned Zelina, which I think is kind of unfair to her to Robin, and he points it out. Be like, "Hey, we talked about this. I was the one being deceived," and then he does rightfully point out the main issue here. Uh, oh my God, uh, Roland. <laughs> Um, his mom just died again. What are we going to do? And the answer is uh, erase his memory because that's the... I would normally talk shit about this because amnesia potions are are bad narrative. 
But in this case, he's a little baby boy. Let's let's spare him this pain of uh that this woman murdered his mom and then disguised himself as her. Like, yeah, let's save the boy. Let's save there's the child. no amount of gentle parenting that will get you out of this situation. Nope. Not a single bit of it. Uh, I do like the way that Regina is just like, she's got her whiskey in her hand and, and he's like, Roland is going to have to watch his mother die again. What are we going to do about it? Gina's just like getting ready to take a sip. Oh, we just do memory potion on him. It was fine. He never have, he never has to experience anything bad ever again. If you don't want to, don't worry. I got you. <laughs> he's going to live the best life. And then meanwhile, at Neil's apartment, we get a little foreshadowing. Emma's looking at a dream catcher. Is it for a reason? Not yet, but it will be. Just put a pin in that, you guys. It's a mystery. And uh, they talk about how Zelina is an asshole and killed her boyfriend. And Zelina's just like, you can't hurt her mother. I feel the baby. She's barely showing. Like... I, and and she, why does she hold her stomach so weird? Like she's holding it practically at like her pelvis. I, she's so bad at fake pregnant. God, not even no. But you know what? To be fair, though, have you? One of my favorite things in the whole world was like first time moms in their early twenties. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like look my bump, and it's like it's not your bump. You're eight weeks in. You're just bloated. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like your baby's not like. That's great. I'm so proud of you. I can feel a kick. You cannot. Like, you absolutely cannot. I do actually have a picture of myself. It's either 12 or 16 weeks. And I was like, oh, my God, look at how much my belly, my bump is showing. I look at it now and I'm like, oh, no, that was just full on bloat. Because I had like the two line thing where it's like yeah. just your, stu- your the upper abdomen, the lower abdomen, the little belly button kicked in a little bit. Because then I look at other pictures later and I'm like, oh, it wasn't sticking out as much, but that's that's real. So I I, ha- I have a, a, a special forever memento of of my early 20s in my mid 30s experience. Oh, mine was so mine was. And again, I was 30. So again, I, I were new moms being pregnant is always a trip because, by the way, guys, we've been lied to from the beginning. So most of us learning it as we go. So I I had this idea that I was going to take side shot pictures of my belly every week. So that oh. for the whole time that you would get to see it, I started taking it at six weeks. Like the moment that second line showed up, I started taking these pictures and I started looking through them. And like, I swear to you by like week nine, I was looking at it up going, I'm getting thinner. What's happening? And like, I, I eventually got very ginormously pregnant, but I was like, I didn't understand what was happening. And it's that line and I love it. And it's from um, Parks and Recreation. And it's when Chris Pratt lost all that weight for like Zero Dark Thirty or something and then didn't couldn't put it all back on time to be Andy in Parks and Rec. And so they make this throwaway comment about it being like, how did you lose all that weight? Oh, I cut out beer. That's it. Lost 50 pounds. And so that was the joke was the moment I stopped drinking alcohol, I like the beer like went away because I was big on Miller Lite at the time. Stellar. And it was like, I was losing weight because I stopped drinking beer. Oh, my life choices. <laughs> so... Yeah, I we love a first time mom, and that's what Zelina's doing. I love the whole like you wouldn't hurt a pregnant lady. Want a bat lady? The baby's not in your face. I'll punch you right in the face. <laughs> and Regina and Robin pop back in to say we are heading back to Storybrooke. Uh, so Emma heads back. Uh, Lily is there. We've got Zelina. We've got Regina. We got Robin. 
Roland's off camera somewhere. We never actually see him in this episode. He's just, he's on, he's in our thoughts and in our hearts. He's with baby Neil. He's with baby Neil, yes. In the, in the pasture, I guess. Um, and we arrive back in Storybrooke. We get the world's most awkward family reunions, because both of them are very weird. Uh, Emma lovingly reunites with Henry and Hook. The parents shun the shun face. Shun, shun. Did actual, literal cold shoulder. Just, no. Yeah. Yeah. I would like I let to- it go. And then Lily is introduced to her mom, Maleficent. And, but not before a little bit of stink eye toward the Charmings. And let's go ahead. I just want to talk about all the, I want to talk about all the dragon Lily stuff first. And then talk about all the author things, even though they're intertwined, so it can be very hard. But I'm trying to separate this the best I can. I think it can be separated. I also would be remiss if we get away from the scene and I don't mention the fact that Snow, Henry, and Hook all have the same haircut right now. Oh, they do. <laughs> it's all the Snow's same. Snow's is the best, though. Oh, yeah. No, Snow's look the best. Snow's look the best. Henry's is really close to Snow's, but it's not as, as stylized. And then Hook's is always is kind of like that. I just noticed it. I was just like, they have the same style. Same haircutter, at least. Uh, but yeah. Well, Lily and Maleficent sit down for a very awkward lunch where Lily is eating a really disgusting fruit salad. Granny, what are you doing? This 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 restaurant is is failing and dying. <laughs> she's got because she's got Neil and Roland in the back. <laughs> Child labor. Oh god! Roland's putting together this fruit salad. Like here, she'll love this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in I'll, uh, Parks and Rec. Here's a gumball. Yeah, right. So put some whipped cream on top and some sprinkles and some syrup. <laughs> That's great. And Maleficent's just like, oh, you're so beautiful. I'm so happy to be with you. And Lily's like, when are we going to murder everyone? I want to murder the Charming's revenge. And and I, I want to get your opinion on Maleficent in this episode. Because her whole mot de jour is... I don't want to look back because that doesn't serve me. I want to look forward and heal with you and bond with you. I don't want to look backwards and regret it. And I read some reviews that looked favorably on this of like, oh, I'm glad that Maleficent isn't just I want to get vengeance and evil. She's like embracing her role as a mother and wants to move forward. But I don't agree. And I want to hear what you think. So... It definitely gave the vibes that she knew that they were coming back. So she power read some like mommy and me book and was really high on a self-advice book. I, so I know like, and this is coming as someone who watches it like critically, you know, to look at it like piece by piece for a podcast every week. I know why they're doing this is because trying to have Lily show up and be full of vengeance and wanting to do something. That's a whole half a season arc. Like mm-hmm. if this if this triggers uh, Maleficent into also wanting to burn the place down, this is not a one episode thing. It would there's no way you would have been able to do it. I'm I'm fine with it. I I just think that she went too soft because it 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 seemed like she was a whole different character to me. Yeah, with how soft and gentle she was being, because the Maleficent we get at the end. When she talks about, like, we'll get to the dragon bitch stuff later. Like, the cool dragon bitch stuff. That Maleficent I like. That's the Maleficent I recognize. 
I wish she was a little bit more salty with her delivery of, you know, I don't want to look at that stuff. Doing the drag, the draw in her voice and the the gravel a little bit. But she's just like, honey, you're here. It's so fun. I don't, I don't know if it was supposed to read like it did, but it was very soft and odd. Like she didn't know how to talk to her, which I guess. So I, I have mixed feelings about it. I like what they did kind of because then we got the Lily Dragon thing. I just don't think it came off the way that it was supposed to. I didn't dislike it. I also was not, I would not be writing reviews praising it. I also would not yeah. be changing Wikipedia articles to make it seem better. So that <laughs> well, is where that I'm at. didn't happen this week, unlike last week. So my my feelings on it are I'm I'm okay with them not immediately going into vengeance mode. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is the the goal and the intention for what they're doing with it, like behind the scenes, like writer wise. The reason is we need Emma to forgive her parents in this episode. We need to wrap that up. And so for Emma to forgive her parents, Maleficent has to forgive her parents. And Lily has to forgive her parents. We have to have everybody be in a good, solid place. So Emma is in a place where she can say, you're cool. You're my mom. You did the right thing, even if it was not ideal. Because that's what happens. Like everybody's hunky-dory. Everyone's happy. And so we can't continue the storyline that what the Charmings did was wrong. Because then we, we can't heal if we still think it's wrong. So basically, what they do instead of, I don't know, having the Charmings apologize to Lily, which is what I was screaming at the TV the entire episode. All they had to do. It's all they had to do. It's all they had to do. But instead, they go this whole roundabout of Maleficent doesn't care. Maleficent doesn't think it matters anymore. Maleficent wants to heal. And so then the framing for Lily is that that's the right thing to do is to heal. And the Charmings are like, we're going to help you and do the right thing. But at no point, it's it's framed as we're going to help because we're heroes and that's what we do. It's not we're helping because we fucked up and we need to make this right. Also, the Charmings are in no way helping. Like they, they show don't do up anything. and then Snow gets kicked and hit in the head. Uh, I do wish, I, I, I feel, I, I've noticed that I do this a lot and I apologize, but it's just like a, what I wish they would have said. What I wish from the the idea of Maleficent wanting to march forward is for something along the lines of I can't change what happens no amount of being a big scary dragon bitch gets my lost years with you back and I don't want to lose a second being a scary dragon bitch when we could go be scary dragon bitches together doing something fun and cool there's a sky zone a couple blocks down (laughs) let's go and I'll get you ice cream kid (laughs) Like, I wish it was something like that of just being like, listen, it sucks, but I literally can't change it. But you're here now and I would like to start making some sort of amends. And if we want to go do bad stuff, we can. But let's do bad stuff that like, you know, nets positive. Killing the Charmings won't net positive. It's a lateral move. Yeah, let's do the dragon equivalent of going into one of those rooms where you break everything. Oh, I want to go to one of those so bad. Doesn't that sound fun? It sounds so fun. Sounds so fun. But yeah, if we had combined that with the Charmings apologizing, I think that that would have been the best way to represent forgiveness, healing, and moving forward. 
the Charmings did wrong. They never apologize for it. In fact, in the previous episode, they continue to defend it. They, in the end, don't see what they did was wrong. You know what would have been just to just to top off the conversation about like the weird the weirdness of the Regina storyline is to have Snow telling Maleficent of I went through the same thing that you did of being separated from my daughter because it kind of feels like that's what Maleficent is saying. Like I feel like maybe there's like there was like a cut scene, maybe not even real one, like something that never made it to air that was just like, hey, I lost all this time. Like, don't try to look back, try to go forward. Like if Maleficent was parroting that. Um, but if Snow was able to realize, hey, I did that with my daughter and it hurt so bad and sucked so bad, but I chose to do that. We took that choice from you and made that happen to you. And that's unforgivable. And we will never be sorry enough. That's it. Yeah. But instead we get Snow getting hit in the head with a rock. No, I'm sorry. Sure. Her, she just goes into a rock, which is funny because I don't know what she was trying to do. She was she was just running like Snow is smarter than that. She just runs toward the giant dragon. Giant dragon attacks her. She goes flying away. And apparently that is enough for Emma to come in and be like, I forgive you. You're a hero. Da, 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 da. Everything's cool. We're great. You're awesome. You're my mom. I love you. I don't like it. I don't like that we never get Snow and Charming truly owning up what they did and making amends with the right people. Yeah, shockingly, they introduce the worst thing maybe of the series. Like, I feel like that is just like because of how it all goes and then it is wrapped up. It's probably one of the more egregious storylines to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like not only does it start wrong, it ends wrong. They 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 fumble the bag from the beginning. Like they fumbled the bag but the bag wasn't with them. Like it was such a magnificent failure of epic proportions. I, I don't know if you could do that if you tried. That's nope. it's insane. So like yeah, and then basically Lily turns into a dragon because she's staying in Magic Land for too long that she just pfft, turns into a dragon. Can't control it. Hits the dirt. And that's how she can bond with Maleficent of being like, hey, I also never got a chance to give you this. Here, it's a rattle for a baby. (laughs) This means so much to me. Please just nod and smile. I don't need you to feel moved by this, but this is a very big moment for me personally. This is a big fucking deal for me. Now I'll go teach you how to be a dragon. I'll teach you that. I I just need you to take this. Because it and will pretend it matters. It pretend it matters. It is all of the healing I need. Please, please take it. What? Don't ask any questions about it. No, nope. we're just gonna leave. I don't care what you do with it after this. Just put it in your pocket and tell me you kept it forever. It's all I need to hear. Just say it. Say it. Say it. Uh, so they're fine. They're gonna go be scary dragon bitches together. You know, good for them. Good for them. Scary dragon bitch. I'm I'm cool with that. You know, maybe they go burn the Charmings alive. Burn and the countryside, ladies. You've earned it. Earned it. Yes. All right, well, let's go ahead and head over to uh, uh, our fan fiction author and Mr. Gold hanging out in Granny's talking shit about bagels, which, Abby, I realized something. Uh-oh. This is foreshadowing. But I don't think it was intentional, but I'm taking it as intentional. So remember in the beginning of season, th- like mid-season three, Henry and Emma are in New York. They're doing great. They're living up. They're having the best life. Then they go to Storybrooke. 
Henry talks shit about their bagels and talks about like he because he, he's a New Yorker. He loves a New York bagel. I don't like I said, I don't think this was intentional. But the fact that he and Isaac both talk shit about Storybrooke bagels, it's a sign. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. <laughs> it's deep. The bagel, the bagel runs deep, and deep. also now I'm hungry. Deep cut. Oh man, for an everything bagel with so much cream cheese, you could die. Ugh. Oh my god. Oh, with some bagel, with some locks, some capers. Listen, red I, onion. I'm, I'm telling dying. you what. Feed me. I'm telling you what though. Like an everything bagel doesn't have everything because it doesn't have anything sweet on it. So you do everything bagel with blue, uh, with blueberry cream cheese or some honey. Sweet and salty. No, my, I, I'm a salty breakfast person. I don't like a sweet breakfast. I don't like waffles. I don't like pancakes. It needs to be My both breakfast things. needs to be, no, no. My breakfast needs to be salt. Just, just bloat my body. I like both things. I like having like waffles, but then like a runny egg on top of it with some bacon. Oh, I can't. So no, I, my, my, if my egg and my waffle touch, my breakfast is ruined. Oh, I put them on separate plates. Oh, see, I'm about a food. T- like the famous bowl at KFC. Like, was oh, one of the things I requested when I was laid up in the hospital after my C-section. I sent my <laughs> husband out to get one for me. I went Real, through the trouble I, of making a... I did sushi. A, <laughs> you took KFC bowl. I am, I am an absolute <laughs> redneck through and through. Uh, and I will tell you that after I got diagnosed with celiacs, we have a KFC, like, basically in our backyard. I can see it from here. Uh, I hate that I can't have them. I went to the trouble of making gluten-free fried chicken and gluten-free brown gravy so I could make myself a famous bowl. It was not worth it, but my God, I ate so much of it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you just stare out the window longingly, like putting your hand up against the pane of glass, like just staring at the KFC sign in the distance? Yeah. Uh, As the rain falls. As the rain falls. That's exactly what it is. I wait for it to be nighttime so I can see the illumination. Mm -hmm. And I just sit there and I hear that scrubs. <laughs> All around me are familiar faces. Looking at it like an ex-boyfriend who's moved on with his life. Like you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're they're chilling, talking shit about bagels. Although I I understand why that is not a proper bagel. That thing looked like it. Roland had left it out all night. Roland, get it Or was it Baby together. Neil on the bagels? Mm. I think Baby I, Neil was on the bagels. Probably, but I bet Roland was the one that had to ro- run the slicer. Mm. Because, like, it's got to be some sort of code violation to let a baby run that slicer. <laughs> I mean, it's probably code violation for either one, but in Storybrooke, who cares about code and law? We never pay attention Storybrooke to Storybrooke OSHA would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, we can't. We can't. This episode would be four hours long. Well, Hook shows up. For no other reason other than to let uh, Rumple know what's going on, give him information when he doesn't need it. Hook, shut up. Because he's gloating. He's like, Emma's coming back. She didn't turn dark like you said. Everything's hunky-dory. Rump- Hook, what are you doing? You're giving Rumple a head start to come up with a new part of his plan. Hook. What are you doing? Hook, Hook is many things, but like... I, I, he's a good pirate, but like the moment you take him off his ship, all of his brain cells stay in stay in the brig. Like he just he's just like I'm gonna go gloat way ahead of time. This will be perfect. It's like oh, honey, no. This, this is was, classic. This was problem. kind of a hook himbo moment. Oh, with big him, big hick, hook himbo moment. That's a tough one. That's a hard one. Try saying it five times fast. Hook or, or himbo go. happenings. <laughs> oh God. 
Ugh. Oh, I think that's the title of the podcast episode. <laughs> All right. And, but lo and behold, I don't actually think Rumple is in control in this episode because he is on death's door. And of course, I'm sure in the next episode, we'll learn that Rumple is actually in charge of supercharge everything. But I think honestly, in this situation, the, the cards just dealt in his favor in the end. This was entirely the author being like, Regina doesn't want me to write my fanfic, so I'm going to go to the guy who does. Oh, God. I I do appreciate that. I appreciate how... I forgot how slimy Isaac was. This yeah. is such... This is so fun. Uh, but I do like, yes, that Rumpel is just, like, down for the count. Like, he's still... It's so funny that he always is trying. Like, it shouldn't be funny to watch an old man suffer on the floor, but it kind of is. You're just like, Haha, is this part of your plan? Is this part of your plan? Rumpel, wake up. Is this part of your plan? <laughs> Get up. Kick, Why are you holding your chest like bit. that? Get up. <laughs> and so Regina shows up at a gold shop with uh, and Isaac's there. And Rumpel is, he is collapsing. He is, he is near the end. And Rumpel's just like, uh, Regina's like, no, I don't need you. I'm cool. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And Rumpel pulls out the quill and is like in a moment of desperation. Look, we can do this together. Just help me. And Regina's like, nope, yoink. I'm going to take it for myself. This was the moment where I felt, oh, Rumpel's doing an act. He's he's playing the long game. He knows Regina's going to do it exactly like he wants. But I don't actually think that's the case. No. But it could have been. So we'll just have to linger with that. And we may end up finding out later it was. It was a nice girl boss moment for Regina, though. I like total girl boss moment. Yeah, she's great. She's just like, I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to give a shit about you. But Rumpel does make a good point. Hey, Rumpel's going to die in this shell. The dark one doesn't die. All of my humanity is going to be gone. And you're just going to have dark boar. And that's not, that's probably not a good thing, but it kind of makes me wonder, like, if you have, because the dark one can't be killed, right? Correct. But I feel like that, with what's going on with Rumpel, that would happen to any other dark one, right? Rumpel, like, any previous dark one, eventually, if they live long enough to see themselves become the villain, they're going to, their heart's going to do the same thing that happened to Rumpel's. It stands to reason this has happened before. It's so a, have we ever gotten just pure dark one before? It's probably just a natural process of the dark one. Like it just burns through the bodies that it exists in. And especially in the in the body of like a frail human who was already a little bit older. He's lived for a while. Like maybe this is just the natural process of the dark one. He event, It eventually kills its host and it jumps to the next body. Because maybe Rumpel doesn't know what happens. I bet mm. Rumpel doesn't actually know what would happen if he dies. Like, if he just had a heart attack and died, and then, like, he's at the hospital, and the dark one thing just, like, jumps to a nearby nurse. It's like, you're the dark one now. Good luck. I wonder if it would, or if it'd be just, like, zombification, or if it would just be the body becomes a, a, a just a vessel of dark energy. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like a zombie? Like a zombie dark one? I don't know. Because I, I, I feel like... It would need a body like a virus. It needs a body to live in. So if the body fails to function, like the dark one energy is not a, it's not a processing system. So it's not going to make the, make, especially if it lives in like a boar and stuff. It probably doesn't understand the intricacies of human 
uh, circulation. So I'm going to guess it just jumps and he's just talking out his ass. It, it could. I, I, I think in the end they just don't, it's not really going to matter. So I think they just didn't bother really exploring that lore. But this feels like something they should have had a handle on like before. Like this is something that they should have written in their like show notes you know, mm. like the Bible, the Bible, they should have had it written in their once upon a time Bible. Huh. You mean before what leading into a huge. What is the cycle of a dark one? Hmm? You mean leading into a huge uh, amount of time to discuss dark oneness, where it comes from, where it goes, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? It, it is oh. me officially becoming loopy from lack of sleep. So I do <laughs> right. think that they, they should have had this more hammered out before going in, like charging into season five. Because we know what's coming and a better hold on how the Dark One stuff works. Yes. Would have been spectacular. Yeah, and I think it would have probably helped with the storyline coming up because, ooh boy, guys, it's a bit of a letdown. All right, well, Regina takes Isaac and they head to her vault where they're going to, they're just kind of scheming their plan. They're just prepping everything. And the main reason I'm pointing out the scene because not a lot happens is just because Isaac does what any writer does and just fangirls out about their favorite creation and their favorite character. And I love it. I was just like, you're my favorite. I love writing you. Everything kind of sucks for you. Here, here's all your twisted motivations. And I'm just like so into it. You're so complex. I love, I'm so sorry I wasn't there when your life started getting all screwy. I would have definitely made it a lot better. I like that he does kind of give himself a timeline by mentioning that he wasn't there mm-hmm. for Regina's like downfall. Like for, mm-hmm. I, I guess that would where it would place it. Uh, but I do like that he's like, no, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks for you. It's super fun to write. Like, it's like, you don't tell people that. <laughs> you don't tell them that. Oh, yeah. It'd be like in, like, like, Gerald Tolkien was just like, hey, Frodo. Oh, yeah, it was, like, a lot of fun to just, like, torture the shit out of you. It's like, oh, thank you. This is very, this is my life. It's very traumatizing. This, this, this feels like, a, this feels like a god and their, their subject and the god just does not give a shit and just sees them as entertainment. Yeah. Like, he doesn't... This, I thought this was a very interesting scene because it sh- it really represents Isaac's relationship with the world he, he embodies. And his relationship is, th- these are NPCs. Yes. Like, these are... They do not matter. They are... They're figments. They're not real. Yeah. And I don't have to care about them. They're... And, and yeah, so that's kind of, that's a very good representation. And th- but he has like a fascination with them, but not in a way where he actually cares. And I think that's really interesting. He doesn't care. And he's also pushing something. I just thought of like, he's like, he's like a DM for, for Dungeons and Dragons who won't let his characters role play. He takes over all of their stories for them. And oh, yeah, he doesn't like honor nat 20s. Yeah. Oh, I hate when that happens. Or they don't honor a nat one. True. Or he manufactures them. It's like, oh, you rolled a 15. Actually, I have this random card behind my table that I'm not going to show you. But it's actually a nat one now just because I am all powerful. Yay. And just like no one wants to come to the table anymore because he also doesn't ever bring snacks and he's always late. (laughs) God, this guy sucks. Who invited him? well, Isaac clearly wants to do some writing. He's he's got the he's got 
he's got the Jones in, but he just needs the inks in. But they can't because Emma turned dark because for some reason, Emma's darkest impulses are the only thing that can power the egg. Why? Uh, screw you. We're never going to actually explain it. We don't need to know. Moving on with our lives. But you know what? I distinctly remember Emma's not the only one with Emma's dark impulses. There's another person who happens to be in town who also has Emma's darkest impulses inside her body. In fact, she probably has more of them. So we're going to go to her. We're going to slice her hand open in a very fun scene that I loved. And then Regina's going to be like, welcome to Storybrooke, bitch. Bye. Welcome to Storybrooke. This is what happens. Our bagels suck and I just take blood draws from strangers. Like... Welcome to the Storybrooke bus stop. It's horrifying. <laughs> Welcome to Storybrooke. I just sliced your, your hand open with a rusty dagger. You probably got uh, probably got sepsis now or something. Good luck. Hi, I'm the mayor. Slice. <laughs> our medical system is shit. Dr. Whale will not be able to treat you. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Whale will not be able to treat you. Also, he's a terrible gynecologist. So I don't know. Like, he's a terrible OBGYN. Like, he's... Don't deliver this baby. Ugh. No. Speaking of babies, Regina takes Isaac and our newly enchanted ink over to see Zelina because Zelina has been locked away in uh, Belle's old cell and is awaiting trial by disappearing from existence. Regina has decided to write her out. No one's going to remember her. No one's going to care about her. The baby's also going to be written out of existence, which is a, it's a choice. Okay. You know, okay, I'm not I'm not going to comment on it. It's way too complicated. But I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Zelina's main defense is very bad. Yeah, because she's just like, if you murder me. Robin's going to know you know you as the woman who murdered the mother of his child. <laughs> Why didn't Regina immediately respond with bitch? That's you. Yeah, you, you did, did that, that already. You're the guy. You're the person that killed his wife. Are you insane? Pot kettle. Yeah, really. You're the cot, pot and the kettle screaming at each other all at once. You came in on a cyclone. Her, yeah, I came in on a cyclone. Her defense for all of this is so terrible. And she's she's trying to do the rumple thing of just being like, this has all been part of my plan. I've definitely planned to be in this cage, but she's like, she's not supposed to be there. And like, that's it. She has no leg to stand on because guess what guys trapping people into like a fake marriage with a baby, not a good long-term plan. And you actually aren't part of somebody's life forever. Like there were such weird stepmom vibes happening here. I was just being like, Oh, I'll be here forever. Even when I'll this see child the ultrasound. is this week, when this is when this child is thirty six, I'll still be in part of your life. Why? You're not invited to Thanksgiving. Once this child is an adult, it's all over. Like we just have to meet you in the McDonald's parking lot for weekends, for weekend trades. Like you're not part of this. It's write yeah. checks to you for soccer. Also, at no point is anyone having a conversation with Robin about what role he wants to play, if any, because it is his choice. Yeah, he. This was not something he, this was not something he chose. He was assaulted by deception. And so he has a choice. Like, it reminds me of, there was a, there was an, like a, a am I the asshole? I'm sure you saw it because it went viral on Twitter where this man was like, I, uh, I was with this woman. She got pregnant. She wanted to um, have a procedure. I said, I didn't want her to. I wanted the baby and she's like okay i will 
I will get, I will, I will be pregnant. I will grow the baby. I will birth the baby. And afterward, I am resigning all parental rights and this baby will be yours. I want nothing to do with this child because I don't want them. That's my compromise. And the guy was like, he said, okay. And then when it actually happened, he got mad about it because he's like, I thought her maternal instincts would kick in and she'd want to be involved. Now I'm stuck with this baby I have to raise all by myself. I'm like, children are children when, you know, we, you know, they're, they're, they're very important, vital people who deserve all the love in the world. But Robin does have a choice here. And the fact that we never address that, we never give Robin autonomy over something that was forced on him is very unfair to me. Yeah. Because there's a very good conversation to have about the fact that he has this very rigid honor code mm-hmm. and to where that where that line would be. Because you're right. He has every, every right to say, I want nothing to do with this child. I will perhaps, as in that story you, you mentioned, I will pay child support and probably a little bit more. But I'm not part of this child's life. My name is not on the birth certificate. I'm in nothing. I am in no way. I'm not an emergency contact. I'm moving. Like you, you don't have to be. Like he's trapped. He would be trapped by his own code if this wasn't something he wanted. But again, this mm-hmm. conversation never happens. This is just some sort of like power grab between Regina and Zelina, with 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 Robin cut out, which is a very interesting twist on on a different kind of trope, I guess. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a weird trying love triangle thing that they're doing. It's all very soap opera-y, but in a show where we don't normally have this kind of soapiness, we have different types of soapiness. We don't have this. And as I've been reading the reviews over the past couple of weeks, no one likes the whole pregnancy thing. Like it, this was a this was a very derided storyline uh, when it was when it was happening, which is big considering how far we've come even in the past five five or seven years at the time people were just like this is this is very dramatic unnecessarily it's adding this really weird weirdness that doesn't need to happen and it's only only there so no one kills Zelina yeah because you can't kill the baby yeah, because they also, like, they mention it before where, like, when they're in Neil's apartment, she's like, oh, this is the lady that killed, you know, Neil. I love Lily in that scene, too. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Super weird, but all right. I don't know why I'm here. Uh, yeah, no, the the very contrived storyline. I, I like that we get Zelina back, but at what cost? Yeah. And eventually, Zelina will evolve into other stories and I'm hoping it ends up being for the best, but I don't remember. I know she also names the daughter Robin and I fucking hate that. That's the most trashy trash of all time. It's a middle finger to everything in existence. Uh, One point I forgot to mention is during the scene with Robin, sorry, sorry, Regina and Isaac, she pulls out that page and we get the uh, we get the most nonsensical answer. He's like, "Oh yeah, that was an experimental arc that I wrote that I never got to write." Oh, but he was like trapped in the book, so he could write it, but it would never do anything. 
So that okay, it makes it makes more sense now. But it's just really funny that like the author was just spending time because he couldn't create the stories he wanted. So he was just making his own fan fiction that's, in the book, and I love it. That's amazing because of course he is just like furiously writing, like the last man on earth, just like and then they kissed. Yeah. All right, next one, Regina and Hook, and then they kissed. <laughs> <laughs> like it just. You got to wonder what else was in this experimental arc. Like what what other what other kisses kissy kisses that do you think he did? I, I oh everybody everyone kissed in Isaac. There's just like a stack of paper of like people that like oh I'm sure some of them were self inserts too. Oh author, you're so wonderful. Emma said, wearing her <laughs> red leather jacket and her hair being wonderful. Come kiss me, she said. The savior approached him slowly. <laughs> like, it's just, why Why are you reading a book at my concert? Oh, I'm, I'm not like other authors. I, oh, I'm different. Oh, my God. He probably has pages of ship names for him being shipped with all the characters. Oh, 100%. 100%. And now I want to write them all so, so that they're in existence. Okay, so first of all, uh, from like the last couple episodes, I, the last episode or the last couple episodes, uh, when we talked about what would Cruella have written, tried to write, uh, we've gotten some excellent answers on the Facebook page with Ooh. all of your fantastic Photoshop skills. Um, there was one, the one that pops in my brain immediately was uh, that Cruella wins the British Bake Off. <laughs> yes! And I'm just like, of course she did because it probably had a cigarette in it too. Just like, it's my pie. It doesn't have a soggy bottom, but it definitely has a cigarette in it. Like, <laughs> But like, what? that's that's the challenge for this week. The challenge is, if you hear this, I want you to think of like uh, ship names or like titles of fan fictions that Isaac probably wrote, including that's but not limited to. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, self Focusing inserts. on self-insert. Focusing fanfic. on self-inserts. Because everything else yes. probably already exists on AO3 and Wattpad. But, or fanfiction.net. Can't forget my homie. Uh, but yeah, a self-inserts that Isaac probably wrote while he was in book prison. Yes, because the, the episode ends on Isaac, you know, really revealing his true desire, which is I want to manipulate everybody. And I just, I don't want to be told what, I don't want to be, I can be told what to do. I just want to do something. Cause Regina's like, I don't want you to write anything anymore. My ultimate revenge is living my best life with Robin, my boyfriend, and uh, possibly taking Zelina's baby once the baby's born. We'll see what happens I'm going to be the coolest aunt ever. She's not going to want to come home ever again. <laughs> And oh, that that's awkward. Oh yeah, I'm I'm your aunt. Yeah. I'm married to your dad. Yeah, the Storybrook family tree from hell continues. <laughs> and Isaac gets so annoyed because he's like, "Wait, you don't want me to manipulate people and write things? But I've got I've got all these ideas." I've got all these ship names. I was going to ship myself and Zelina for like five minutes. Oh, God, that's terrible. And then right around existence. Oh, that's the worst. Isaac, you're terrible. Why are you doing these things to people? Isaac, stop. I came in. I came in on a cyclone. Yes, you did. And a handsome stranger exited the woods. Hi, I'm Isaac. Oh, my gosh. It's the most handsome man I've ever seen, said Zelina. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm Isaac, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> So Isaac's like, all right, you don't want me to write anything? All right, well, I'm going to go plan B, and I'm going to go find someone who does. He writes himself an escape plan and goes to Stiltskin, and the episode ends with Rumpel, uh having him start the new book, Heroes and Villains. And villains are finally going to get their happy ending. Dun, dun, dun. And we close out. That's the episode. Cliffhanger. And now we're going to enter our full AO3 live journal Tumblr Wattpad fantasy that is the two-part season finale. I miss my live journal so much. Uh, I'm so excited for this two-part situation um, Mm -hmm. because it's going to be epic. And... I mean, I know how it ends, and it ends with me straight up on my feet clapping, yay, with no regard to what happened afterwards. I'm forgetting what I know, and I'm going to watch this episode with the with the resolve and a plum as I watched it before. Just like, what's going to happen? I'm very excited for the future. Just, we're not going to worry about the past. We're marching on. Maleficent way. Mm. I just remember, like, a couple flashing images from this episode, apart from the Emma Swan thing at the end. I remember Evil Snow's hair because it stands straight up and it's gorgeous. Of course it does. I remember evil little punk Henry because he comes back later. And then I remember Rumpel as like a white knight or something. Are you confusing it with with something else? Am I confusing it with Wish Realm? I I don't remember. Are they different? I genuinely don't remember. Because I was thinking about this the other day is that like when we were recording the season, like season five and on when we started doing this, I was watching episodes and then forgetting. Like it was like every time we recorded an episode, it would just start like drifting away in my brain. So like I have very fleeting memories of even the stuff we talked about. Like my brain space could not be taken up with it. So I'm like, I remember like key items, obviously, but like. I don't remember a lot from this next episode. I'm very excited. I just remember where I was when I watched it and that I came came up on my feet because I thought it was going to go one way because they bait and switch you that one thing's going to happen and then something else does at the end. And I was excited for the first part. I was like, yes. And then it was like, no, this is going to happen. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I'm still excited, <laughs> but like a different kind of excited. <laughs> Well, everybody, that was season four, episode 21, Mother. And I mean, it closes out all the stuff we need to close out that we now we don't have to think about it anymore. So in that sense, I'm like a little relieved because I'm like, this Snow and Charming stuff was so badly handled. Let's just let it no longer exist in our lives. I miss Cruella. I will miss her forever. Um... And I'm just, as far as this episode itself, I it missed the mark in a lot of ways that it shouldn't have missed the mark. Because this is supposed to be the big setup for our final, like, huge thing. We needed the emotions here. Because we're going into alt-reality in the season finale. The emotional stakes are going to be much different in that kind of environment. We needed this to have much more emotional resonance and relatability than it did. Yeah, I think this had like late stage Game of Thrones vibes where it was like, we just have to rush to make sure all the chess pieces are in the correct positions before we 
do this last thing. And, and we needed Snow and Charming to fucking apologize. I didn't think you were going to say the rest of that. I was like, why? Okay. I was just like, why? Did oh, they- you thought it was like they're just going to bone, go to bone town? That's why I was like, why did they need to do that? And then you kept talking. I'm like, oh, that makes no, more sense. No. Got it. Yeah. Both things would have been fine, I guess. <laughs> Maybe at the same time. At the same time. Oh, that's but- Isaac's fanfic. That's so bad. Isaac, get your head out of the gutter. Oh, yeah. Just so much really gross. Ugh. Yeah. I, I'm i excited for this next episode. Because, again. I am, too. Yeah. And in the meantime, we want to thank all of you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank our patrons, especially our Swan Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to La Femme Fictionale. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group to share your Isaac fan fiction ideas at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back in about a week and a half, two weeks uh, for the two part season finale. I don't remember what it's called. Though. Oh, Operation Mongoose. <gasps> it's happening. Uh, because it's going to take a little bit longer for us to put this one together because it's going to be an extra long, extra special, yes. extra unique, extra powerful episode, extra long episode. So yes. take take your bathroom breaks for that one. I need, yeah, yeah. don't take us into the bathroom with us, gross. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I need to give my time for my voice to be back at 100% because while you all powered through it this week, thank you. I won't do it to you again a second time. <laughs> for two oh, hours, oh God. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you soon. Bye. Oh, no voice. It's gone. It's gone. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.